Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of The Film Freaks, your favorite place where we talk movies and TV shows and all kinds of cinema. Joining me today is my co-host, Maddie G. What's going on, man? How are you? How's it going? I'm doing pretty well. That's good, that's good. Dude, yesterday was a weird day, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. We we went to grab pizza like we normally do after work on, uh, on, a, on a Saturday, right? First of all, it's bloody 85 degrees, it feels like, outside. We're, like, sweating our butts off. And then we get oh, in the yeah. car. We go to the pizza place near your near your house, right, to grab a quick bite. And as we're driving back, it starts downpouring. So, oh yeah, like, we go back to work. <laughs> like, recently, a friend of mine actually had a thunderstorm. I messaged them, like, hey, did you have that recently? And, yeah. And I just said, hey, uh, thanks for the delivery. Yeah, you know, we, we slapped a return to sender on that thunderstorm, you know. So I got home, right, and it's a light show outside. I'm thinking, man, I'm about to lose power. Luckily, I didn't, though. But it was a weird night. Anyway... Welcome back yeah, to, was, uh... Oh, go ahead. I was just wondering how you were holding up on your end after you left me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I left you. I, I ran for the hills, bro. Yeah. You scared me oh, off. My, how, so, how dare you? So, I thought we had something special. I thought we did, too. Clearly not. But we're still here doing a podcast together. I don't know what's going on now. Maybe we're trapped like Stephen Grant and uh, Mark Spector, you know, in Moon My night. hands are behind my back and they're cuffed together. Help me. Oh, my goodness. This now sounds really concerning. Anyway, what this are we... weirdo has me trapped. <laughs> <laughs> I forced you. I forced you against your will to record another episode. So we're not in person today. Actually, Maddie G has a new mic, and it, uh, if it sounds very similar, what are you talking about? This is the same mic. Oh yeah. Yeah. You sure it's the same mic? Yeah. Oh okay. Okay, maybe not because it is a different color than yours, but still, it's pretty much the same. Yeah. What color did you get? I actually get the 10th anniversary uh, color for the Blue Yeti. Because, like, I don't know, it, it just matched, like, the colors that I usually like. Is it is it silvery or something? or? It's, uh, it's a blue, but, like, a sort of soft kind of blue. Okay. It, it's, it's nice. You'll see it when you get here. In I was going to say, I, I think I know what you're talking about. I think I know. Yeah. I think I saw it when I was looking for microphones earlier this year to record a... Uh, certain podcast you may have heard of you know and anyway <laughs> so what are we talking about we are talking about more moon Knight. why are we talking about moon Knight some more because you know what at this point if we don't finish this darn show i'm not gonna get very far okay maddie g's threatened to quit the podcast if we don't stop to, or if we don't finish moon Knight. okay Right? Totally. This so, is my favorite show. So We're legally obligated. We are legally obligated, okay? We signed a contract, and in that contract, it states, Derek has to make time for Moon Knight, okay? So, <laughs> so today we're going to go ahead and we're going to try to kind of play catch-up. And the plan here is that we're going to be ready for when Kenobi comes out. So next week is going to be the finale of our Moon Knight coverage. And then we're going to cover... Um, we're going to start Kenobi, and Kenobi's releasing the first two episodes on Disney Plus on this Friday, um, which would be literally in like four days, I believe it is, four days from when this episode's out. So we're going to do Moon Knight episodes one, or 
What was I going to say? Three and four today. Yeah, so we're doing Moon Knight episodes three and four today, five and six next week, episode one and two of Kenobi, and then we're going to get back into some films and try to alternate between TV shows and movies, because we haven't really covered a lot. I think this month's kind of been a dull month for, for cinema. So A little bit, I would say. Yeah, so it's been more of like a down month to kind of play catch-up and everything. So we've kind of set out a calendar, and and to the best of our ability, we've tried to make sure we have everything scheduled. So worry not, dear listener. We, we have an idea of what we're doing, okay? The ball is in our hands. Kind of. Alright? We're at that phase where you've passed us the ball, and we're juggling the ball, and it's bouncing in and out of our hands like we're playing hot potato, okay? Maddie, Maddie G and I are playing hot potato with the ideas here. I'm just playing. Anyway, let's get to the episode. Enough rambling. So, we decided, rather recently, in fact, uh, a little bit ago, that you would be covering episode 3, and I would cover episode 4. So we've both watched each other's episodes obviously so we could talk about them but you went back and rewatched episode three and i watched episode four for the first time and let me tell you man <laughs> this is nuts actually you texted me uh yeah i was gonna ago. say first thing that i texted you after finishing episodes three and four was i need to see the comics mm-hmm. oh i i know you do like it's not even a joke at this point <laughs> Somebody said Maddie G those comics. Okay. <laughs> He's like, he texts me, what was it? Uh, last week. Yeah. So we, we were going to plan on recording this last week, but we're recording this Sunday because I had company over. And he goes, do you have by chance any of the Moon Knight comics that you're referencing? Uh, particularly all new or different Marvel. Um, uh, you know, their line back, I believe in 2015, 2016 of Moon Knight. And I said, yes. And he goes, can I borrow them? I said, well, there's only one problem. I have them digitally on Marvel Unlimited. So you'd have to physically <laughs> log into my account. <laughs> so, yeah. But don't worry. I'm, I'm sure. At or some we could point even soon, just hang out sometime and you could just show it to me. And you'll make me, you'll make me hand my laptop over, or my, uh, my laptop and or my iPad or something over. And you'll be like. <laughs> You, you play Bloodborne, do whatever you need to. I'm going to read Moon Knight, and then we'll reconvene at a later time. <laughs> but anyway. Whatever works. <laughs> so, episode three. You're going to walk us through episode three. So, whenever you are ready, I have my notes for that. And, yeah. Yes. So, Moon Knight episode three. This one starts out with Mark in Cairo, Egypt now. And... Uh, this is more focused on Mark Spector uh, going through his side of the, uh, the whole story. So, um, uh, what happened in the previous episode is um, Arthur has the scarab now. Um, they, or everyone is heading to, uh, to Egypt to locate the tomb of Amit. It's all going down and, in Egypt. Like, this yes. is, is kind of like what almost feels like the premature, like... Everybody, all all bets are off. We're all going to Egypt. Everything's going to happen there. It's all been leading to Egypt, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, but funny enough, Cairo, Egypt, I believe, is the Egyptian capital. I do believe so. That does yeah. sound right. I have no reason to so, believe you're wrong. Yeah, honestly, that, that's kind of cool to me that it takes place in such an important geological location. Agreed. But, Agreed. um... 
So yeah, uh, Mark's uh, desperately trying to uh, to find uh, this tomb, but um, of course Arthur with the scarab, the scarab being a compass, it is pointing him through uh, the desert, and he's trekking through with his crew. <laughs> Don't know what to do. They're completely clueless. He's like, what are we um, doing here? They're, they're, yeah, they're just mindlessly following this compass, but it does eventually lead them to this one point in the deserts where the scarab points directly downwards. And so just and to so, recap, just to recap, the scarab is the compass. So yes. what what happens is they, they in, in the beginning of the show, right, everything's like, oh my gosh, it's the scarab. And this is the same scarab that, that Stephen Grant woke up in the middle of a field with. And then he woke up again back in bed. And he was like, oh, it was all a dream. And then he realizes, oh, wait, I actually do have the scarab. What is this? So the, the whole show, all right, the uh, I'm going to throw a term your way that, that you may never have heard of. It's called a MacGuffin. Not a McMuffin, a MacGuffin, okay? McMuffin is what you go to McDonald's to get, all right? So a MacGuffin is... <laughs> have you seen... I guess the first thing that comes to mind is Inception, the um, little top that DiCaprio, Don Cobb... DiCaprio plays Don Cobb in that movie that Don Cobb uses... Uh, another thing would be like the in Star Wars, the Anakin's lightsaber, or yeah, that would be a MacGuffin. It's just kind of an item that the plot really focuses and says, "Hey, pay attention to this. This is important." Or I guess also maybe the goober from Into the Spider Verse. That I don't know. The USB. The USB from Into yeah, the, the USB to, uh, that has the kill code or whatever for the. Um, the machine or whatever that um, I have not seen that movie. I have not seen. Oh, that movie you're forever. kidding! Me. You like, haven't oh, no, seen I, Into no, no, the Spider. No, I'm gonna phrase that. I have seen Into the Spider. It has one of the coolest scenes ever, ever okay. in the history of ever, ever. I was gonna, say... but I've not seen it in a while. Is what I meant to say. I have seen Spider Verse. Okay, you would have to be absolutely insane to not have seen that movie. It's so good. Sorry. The fact that I you don't know what I'm talking about, though, that's uh, <laughs> that's kind of surprising. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I remember now. I remember now. It's that thing yeah, yeah. that he sticks in that big old machine that opens a bunch of black holes or whatever into other realities. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's what uh, Fat Spider-Man called the goober. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> my goodness. You yeah, just completely screwed up my mind. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> so they're following the, the the bloody scarab thing, right? Yeah, yeah. and it's like a <laughs> stupid compass now. It's like, they're following hey, the, uh, this scarab. It starts pointing downwards, and uh, that tells them, "Oh, we have found the tomb of Ahmet." So Arthur's like, "We have found it!" To his crew, and everyone starts celebrating. Start digging, because yeah, that's how we celebrate, it's, boys it's and girls. Man. Start digging. That's how we're yeah. celebrating. No parties, Cut. no champagne. Dig. <laughs> yep. Cut to Mark, who is now uh, running across the rooftops of uh, Cairo, trying to. I I think he he found uh, some person that he needed to talk to to find the tomb of Ahmet, but of course um, Arthur Harrow's men had already caught up to that person and mm. thus dispatched them. I don't know entirely why uh, Mark was chasing this guy down, but it was someone important. Um, honestly, this uh, this entire section here, it, it kind of 
goes on a little bit, but like uh, all the fighting and stuff. Yeah. I'm I'm starting to wonder just to, um like what exactly is going on with Mark Spector and Steve cuz they start bla- or Mark starts blacking out. Yeah. As he's like battling and trying to get this information. Um he eventually wakes up in the back of um some Uber driver's car who's taking him to the airport. But he doesn't remember anything about what happens. You know, honestly, I think one of the most interesting things about this is I'm wondering if it's Kanchu. So, I believe, and feel free if anybody listening to this knows more about Moon Knight, which there probably is. I don't uh, know. I want to say that the entity of Moon Knight, and what I mean by that is the Moon, Moon Knight as a character is split three ways. It's Khonshu, it's Stephen Grant, and it's Mark Spector. And so what I want to say is that perhaps, because we we see in, I don't want to go too far out of order, but we see that certain times Mark can influence when Stephen's in control. We'll get into that later. But I'm wondering if maybe it's Khonshu or it's Steve. I mean, we have a a, like 50-50 here. Because it's yeah, either one or the I other. Guess. So I'm wondering, is it Steven that takes control and kills those guys? Or is it I Kanchu? don't even know. Because here's the thing. Um, maybe it was Steve that um, that took control and got into the cab and tried um, going to the airport to go home. You know what, actually? Yeah. yeah. That No. So I would say that is Steve then. Because that's something Steve would want to do. But at the same time, there's also that scene later on where, and I've actually noticed this rewatching uh, this episode when Mark is fighting those kids who are followers of uh, Arthur and Amit. Uh, he hesitates to do any sort of killing blows because he sees that they're kids. Well, they're like he teenagers, aren't that, they? They're not like yeah, they're like twelve year olds, but they're yeah, they're not like, kids, but they, uh, they're yeah. still they still got a whole life ahead of them, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the so you like, can you can visibly see him hesitate on some of his actions. Oh yeah, and that's that's I think just brilliance in terms of the delivery, not only on Oscar Isaac as an actor, but just thinking and, and embodying that character as well. So yeah. that, that's that's always good. That's one of the things I love about acting and and just storytelling and the visual form is you can see what these characters are thinking at times, and versus in books where it's like, oh yeah, Harry felt this way. You know, like in Harry Potter. No, you. you yeah, can when it comes to the books, you have to put as much description as possible to try and portray that kind of feeling. Exactly. But the fact that you have to read words on a page and put that picture together in your head, I, f- I feel like there's a little bit of magic to be lost. But at the same time, you can do so much more with writing. Oh yeah, the ma- imagination is one of the most powerful things, if not the most powerful thing in the in the universe. So it's it's very beautiful. But go ahead, he's hesitating to kill these yeah, people. He's hesitating to kill these guys, but uh, but then uh, like, um, when it comes to the end of uh, that whole combat uh, section. Uh, he blacks out again, and there's a knife in the neck of um, one of them, and he doesn't know anything about what happened. Like, he's even, uh, like, saying, hey, Steve, what did you just do? But Steve's like, I didn't do any of this. Are you afraid of the body count? Go take it up with the uh, with the pigeon or whatever. <laughs> uh, which he's, <laughs> of course, insulting Kanchu. Yeah. You know, one of my things... 
by the way, that gets to one of my notes that I'll, I'll put on here is you can actually see in this episode, we get a look at the way that Mark perceives the switch. So, you know, whereas like, so like when Kanshi takes control or Steven, you we, like, like I was talking about, I think in episode two, we get to see Mark's perspective when, when the switch happens, you know, it's like, bang, now, now Mark's waking up instead of knowing and seeing what happens he it's kind of like he gets a taste of his own medicine if you will yeah and and in some terms in some ways actually yeah it could just simply be that um we're discovering how mark is finally realizing what's been going on with steve's life where he suddenly has these blackout moments and he has no idea what the heck is going on exactly so that's one of the things that, I like. that could just simply be it mm-hmm. <laughs> if that is the case then do you All just the more love this love show, this even show. More. I love it too much. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but hey, there's nothing wrong with that, man. It's a good show. For, for, Again, for the, the only it... show that has single-handedly gotten me into Egyptian mythology to some degree. <laughs> exactly. Dude, I remember I took a summer school uh, class. is a little off-topic. But I took a... Su- I, I, so I went to summer school when I was living in Texas, right? And I was put in... So we, we took this class... And it was the same teacher and everything, because it was in elementary. And the teacher, the whole theme of that, that, like, summer was Egyptian stuff, ancient Egypt. So it's really funny when I'm hearing, like, sarcophagus and hieroglyphics and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, back in the day when I was in summer school, those were some fun times, I guess. But it was really interesting to be like, oh, okay. Yeah, this also does kind of feel like a little bit of a callback to uh, my middle school and high school years because we did touch upon, like, Egyptian mythology and um, culture. He kills these folks because he's trying to find the tomb of Amit, Mm. but he has no, like, immediate means of finding out how to do so. Well, now that his only leads are gone because Kanchu is... Um, telling him to hold uh, the one uh, guy over the cliff. He'll talk. He doesn't oh, yeah. talk. He pulls out a knife, cuts the scarf, and uh, <laughs> or saying praise on it, and just kills himself. Oh, he's probably fine. No, no, he's not fine. He's <laughs> he's not fine. Kanju and Mark try to come up with ideas of how to find uh, the tomb of Amit, but um, they don't really have many good ideas. So. They decide to call upon the Council of Gods, which, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe, uh, with this council here. (laughs) But okay, I'll try. No, because, like, there's, like, nine on the council or something? Yeah, it's the, the, uh, the, the Ennead or Dyad or whatever the... Thing yeah, that Stephen uh, the, the the great council. Well, it, it goes back to episode one where he was like, "Oh yeah, there's actually uh, nine gods, you know, Donna and uh, I'm Stephen Grant, and I know that, so it's the Ennead or whatever." And yeah. So that's that's what what he's referring to is this council yeah, of I gods. Don't, I don't think all of them were there though, were they? Maybe. I don't, I don't know. I, again, I'd probably have to rewatch a third time, which I don't oh, yeah. mind doing. It's a good episode. Oh, but, bugger um, off it. Of course you of all people would. What? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. I'll have to watch it a third time. Yeah, I'll probably watch this at least 12 more times. <laughs> hey, it's not like you with Batman. Hey, 
break off. We don't go there. That's different. That's Batman. But yeah, anyways, Council of Gods. Um, <laughs> you did. I really did. So, so yeah, Kanchu manipulates this guy. He knew, he knew it would anger the gods. They'd be unhappy. And yeah, they go through uh, w- with that council meeting. Um, there's this one lady who uh, speaks with Mark Spector. First, like, <laughs> yeah, Kanchu, he's, uh, he's pretty chill, kind of. Um, he enjoyed my gods, like, music and love, I guess. Yeah, she was the love fellow. Yeah, she, she was... Yeah, she was the avatar of um, that goddess. I forgot her name, but... By um, the way, when we say he manipulates the sky, it's a lunar eclipse. Or, like, a solar eclipse, rather. It's a solar eclipse. That's what he does. I just wanted to point that out. Yeah. Just for later. Just for later. He... he it's, it's only a solar eclipse. And it's so... That's... And that's enough to where the gods are like, hey, Kanchu, what gives, man? Look, that's not cool. And then, yeah. I have a theory now, but it might have to wait until the finale. Fine, fine. We'll wait until the finale. We don't want to spoil. Okay. We don't want to no, spoil no. future my, episodes. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to spoil anything. Tell but, me uh, off air. Like, tell, tell me off yeah, air. Yeah, I will. I will tell you off air. Um, Unless it's at yeah. the end of the episode, and you think we can talk about it on the end of the episode. Go ahead. Maybe at, at episode four, actually, but, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyways, uh, Council of the Gods, um, uh, what happens in this scene is gods take over control of their avatars' bodies, and, uh, that is how they speak to each other. But, uh, <laughs> interestingly enough, this happens in the Great Pyramid of Giza, one of the most important pyramids in Egyptian, uh, history. Of course it does. <laughs> A little detail. Why wouldn't but, it? um... <laughs> but yeah, this this kind of annoyed me a little bit with how um, the court proceeding went forward. Gods are kind of dumb. I'm gonna they, say they really are. Or at least these ones. For for all powerful, all knowing gods, okay, you would think they really don't know anything. They would have the idea of oh, well, we can sense it because if Kanshu can sense it, certainly the other gods of Egypt could. Uh-uh. No, that's not the case here. The gods are like, hey, Kanshu, what gives? Why'd you screw up the sky? And Kanshu's like, I'm in. Uh, Arthur, he uh, he's trying to do this and manipulate the, you know, he's trying to free Ahmed. And the gods are like, uh-huh, well, let's just bring him here and ask him ourselves. Because we can do that. So Arthur's like, I'm about to be summoned, guys. Hold up. So he gets summoned. <laughs> and the gods are like, Arthur. He's like, yeah, and they're like, did you try to free Ahmed, or are you actively trying to find and you free Ahmed? steal the cookie from the cookie jar. Yeah. And, and so it's effectively no. depicted as this. Kanchu is snitching on Arthur, because Kanchu's jealous that Arthur was free, because Arthur, as we talked about in the previous episode, was the, the avatar of Kanchu. So... It's kind of like this, Kanchu doesn't like Arthur because he's his former avatar, and he's jealous or whatever that Arthur's free. So he's like, he did it! And Arthur's like, nah And so now the gods are like, you know what? Why should we believe Kanchu? Because he manipulated the sky, and he's a total clown, and we don't like him? So we're gonna believe Arthur, the bad guy! <laughs> so Arthur's like, you see what I did there, Kanchu? Kanchu's like, ah, you jerk! So, so... 
So Arthur goes yeah, back. I, I, again, this the scene annoyed me when Arthur was making his point and just the questions that the gods were asking. Because it should have been very easily disputable. Arthur is the bad guy. It's just somehow these incompetent gods <laughs> didn't ask the right questions and didn't think, oh, hey, maybe we should listen to all accounts, including Mark Spector slash Steve Grants. If Mark Spector here has his own personal views on what's going on, then we can figure things out. Or maybe even talk to Steve Grant, who also has another account on the entire situation. To counter your point, though, wouldn't you say because it's a council of gods that mortals should not be interfering in a council of gods, like in, in god-type affairs? You know what I mean? So, like, if we have... That is... Yeah. Like, so, so let's put it like this. We're at work, okay? And let's say you and me work as... And I'm going to use a different example because work is outside the scope of this podcast. Let's say you and me work at a restaurant, okay? The Film Freaks restaurant. And let's say that we are going to have a meeting at the Film Freaks restaurant. And it's for employees only, right? So that means only employees. So if you're not an employee here, you don't exactly have much of a reason. To, you know you know what I'm trying to say? The avatars I get can be what you're there saying, because they're avatars. And they're, that's yeah. how the gods communicate. But if it's a god-only type meeting... Only it's like the employees only room at, at any yeah, here's here's my thought process though. This would be more so a matter of film freaks corporative sending in representatives to a meeting to speak on their behalf. Like multiple different branches or something coming to talk about uh you know, whatever is needed. Fair. Very fair. It is still the gods involvement just indirectly. That's very fair, actually. And then it's like if, if one of us who are like one of the lesser employees, I don't know how that would happen because you and I are the Film Freaks Corporated people. So, <laughs> but it's like... Yeah, it, it wouldn't entirely make sense in a realistic way yeah. for, for like a corporation to send representatives to yeah. have this meeting. But, but, but you get what I'm trying to convey to you, right? Yeah, now. Like, so yeah I get what you're trying to say as, moral... as well. But I still feel like in the, in the core of it, uh, no matter... Who is speaking? Gods are still involved. That's true, but I, that's that's where I'm coming from. Is that's that's my theory as to why Mark Spector and Steve Grant weren't able to really be called to the stand. However, I completely agree. For some all-powerful, all-being gods of whatever the gods of in ancient Egypt, they are not pretty. They're very smart. They are not very smart. Like, come on. <laughs> come yeah, on. they are not very that smart. Whatever plot lines they gotta they gotta keep the story somehow. <laughs> exactly, I agree. Yeah. Anyways, so yeah, the meeting concludes. Arthur goes now uh, goes off scot free, but um. Of course the, he does. He's Arthur. Yeah, but the avatar for for that one um that one goddess, uh, she sort of hesitates. Like she realizes there's more to it than the others are realizing. She's the only smart one. Thank you. <laughs> of course she is. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, so then she tells uh, Mark about the sarcophagus. That there is another way to find the Tomb of Amun. And that's where they made up with this black market. Or th this dude who, I believe, stole from the black market. And, uh, it, it's like, 
I don't know, preserving ancient history or whatever, as he put it. Yeah, in his mind, he's like collecting ancient history to preserve it because, you know, museums aren't a thing or anything. He just likes collecting history. Now, there's nothing wrong with that until you get to where we're going with this, which is he has a sarcophagus of Saifu, who, again, as... as, Saifu. Yeah, Saifu, who sounds like more... Wait, who? Senfu? Saifu? Senfu. Senfu. Okay. The Japanese Egyptian guy, Senfu. Okay. And I say Japanese because he really does sound like a... It kind of does sound Japanese. Japanese. You know, Senfu? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. (laughs) So Senfu has a map. And so this this is where things get interesting. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. So... Um, Layla, I believe her name, uh, Layla and Mark meet up together. And so they, they, um, go after the map that is within Senfu's sarcophagus. So what happens is they go in and mind you, Mark is still in control, right? So Mark Spector is the guy who's pulling all the switches, making all the moves, right? And Steven's kind of in the mirror dimension, like, hey, man, let me out, yeah? And, and Mark's like, mm, nah. So he goes in, right? And they're like, oh, yeah. So Layla's like, I know the guy that owns the sarcophagus or whatever. So let's go to him. And so he's like, hey, my friends, what's up? And, and he asks Steven why they're there. Because in ca- I guess in case, you know, Layla's lying or whatever. So Steven tells him, like, hey, we're just on a trip and we want to see this because we think it's pretty cool or whatever or something like that. You know, gives him a really good alibi. So they go into this room and this guy is, like, really big into jousting, like, on horseback. Again, whatever your hobbies are, wonderful, great, good to have hobbies. This dude is collecting ancient Egyptian sarcophaguses. He's collecting all kinds of crazy stuff that should be in a museum. But again, do you, man? So in Senfu's uh, sarcophagus is a map. And Steven's like, so the only way we can read this map is if we can see the night sky from the night that the map was made. So the map's in the shape of a star. It's got holes that are star-shaped in it. And they're like, hey, so we need to put this map together. And so Mark is talking to Steven. And, of course, because nobody else can see Steven because Mark is, you know, and Steven share the same body, you know, they're looking over like, what the heck is he doing? And Layla's like, yeah, he needs a minute. Give him, give him a sec. And so, so what happens is Mark gets cut off. Why does Mark get a cut off? Because Arthur Harrow, the man of the hour, <laughs> walks over and goes, So, uh, yeah, whatever whatever reason you have for helping them, uh, I'll offer you more or something, because I'm totally not trying to free Ahmed. You know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge to the old gods or whatever. So the guy's like, all right, well, uh, we're on the same team now, Arthur. So... Layla's captured, and for whatever reason, I guess, Arthur and the guy are talking, and Mark escapes, does his little Superman routine where he changes into the robes, and he jumps off of this roof of this room, and he starts beating the snot out of these guys. He gets these jousting poles shoved through him, 
he takes them out and like starts beating people over the head with them and everything. Need I add those jousting pulls uh, uh, were actually like they were able to get the upper hand on him after Steve Grant took control and shifted into Mr. Knight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there is and, a scene. So yeah. how does he shift into Mr. Knight then? So um, Moon Knight is busy kicking the crap out of these people in basically he has them at their mercy uh but mercy? steve grant you can mercy sorry oh okay i was gonna say what is mercy he speech. has them at their mercy no, but no I'm, I'm not talking about a different uh set of gods and goddesses but, oh yeah that is mercury but anyways he has them at their mercury i okay i there was hey. all kinds of things messed up with that let's move on okay anyway <laughs> so yeah Moon Knight is beating the crap out of everyone. He has the upper hand. They're basically at his mercy. But you can hear Steve Grant in the background being like, Mark, stop! Stop it! And then he takes control and shifts into Mr. Knight. And it still has this guy in a chokehold. Yeah. But he lets him go. He's like, sorry, sorry. All right, everyone. We're a little tense right now. Just chill out. We can talk. And then they still uh, keep attacking him. He's like, all right, all right. Uh, you're back in, Mark. Keep going. They, they, it's like a tag right team fight. It's like a tag night. team fight. You just you can't see them tag each other, but you can hear them every time that they tag because Steven's like, all right, Mark, maybe maybe you are better at this, and then they shift again. So every time that they tag, they shift suits. So it's it's effectively altering. He's altering between, and it's really cool scene because this is what Moon Knight's character effectively seems to be. And I I haven't I've only read like maybe one of his comics. But to me, that's what the character seems to be, is able to shift personalities at a moment's will, should both personalities obviously be on the same page and agree to it, he's able to shift. And every time he shifts, he shifts costumes. And it's a really genius concept that, you know, to switch the suits when the personalities shifts. So it, it's really cool. It's a really genius idea. And it was really cool to see that scene. So it's something I yeah. I would want to go back to and watch a couple more times if I'm being yeah. honest. Maybe not the whole and episode, I... Matt, but definitely definitely yeah. that scene in particular. I will I will say you. though this definitely is Marvel's Batman. Just because also when he jumped off of uh, the roof of that one pyramid room, the the cape the shaping cape is... into the crescent moon. Yeah, that was a Batman moment. Oh, you it was. Cannot it deny was. That. It was. I was like, yep, okay, we need to steal a little bit from it, which is okay. You you know what, Marvel, you can have a little bit of Batman. That's okay, because Batman's that cool. But keep your own character, too. <laughs> Goodness <laughs> me. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, the whole Moon Knight, Mr. Knight shifting happens. Um, uh, Layla finally gets her hands on, I guess, the fragments of the map. Because Arthur had destroyed the sarcophagus using just a fraction of Vomit's power, which is what he promised this guy. Which is like that uh, purple. Surprise, surprise, that guy's dead now. Yeah. Who saw that coming? Arthur. Yeah. You jerk. Moon Knight just throws one of the crescent um, moon discs or whatever. The again, <laughs> the star, logo, I guess. again, the logo is like his his own like batterings kind of like what we got in the batman movie the logo is the battering except in this case yeah. for moon knight the logo is like these fist weapons that he can throw it's really hard to explain but it's like a moon shaped oh, with the jackal blade right and he can grab yeah. the moony the middle of the moon part the moony bit and then punch people and then the stabby 
point so that watch the show okay anyway <laughs> so yeah they uh, they get their hands on the star map uh they go out into the middle of the desert and uh they're trying to piece it together but they just can't layla uh, says just let steve grant out he knows this stuff better uh kanji's like no don't let it he'll never give the body back um Mark's just going through this whole like mental breakdown kind of thing. And that's Gives a whole up, theme too. That's grabs all theme. the, yeah. He he grabs uh, the the star map and just walks away a little bit, and is like, "All right, Steve, you got the floor. Go do your thing." Steve takes control, uh, pulls out the duct tape, and starts piecing together the star map, which, funny enough, is in the shape of a star. Who saw that coming? Whoop de doo. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. Um, Steve and Layla time. <laughs> oh, dude, it's wonderful. I actually liked seeing these two characters interact as well. Yeah. That was a really, really special moment because now Steve kind of has more pieces to the puzzle of Mark. And, you know, Mark, Mark seems to know everything about Steve, but Steve doesn't know as much about Mark. So it's really cool to kind of see these two characters. Funny thing is, not even Layla time. knows that much about Mark. Exactly. And they're married. Yeah. And so it's really peculiar. So, I guess, did you want to transfer to episode four? I'll, or you can finish and then I'll pick up. Yeah, we'll, we'll finish this. Because um, the episode is pretty much almost over at this point. Mm -hmm. um, they piece together the star map and they find out there's a constellation on the star map. They locate what the constellation is, but using their iPad or whatever to scan uh, the constellation for hey, coordinates. Hey, Matt. Hey, Matt. You want to know something funny? Yeah. That was the Surface Book 2 iPad tablet thingy. Of course, you'd be able to pick <laughs> which, that detail. Which apart. also happens to be the same laptop I'm using right now to record this podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> go, go buy yourself a Surface Book 2. I have already gotten myself a laptop. No, I know. I'm just messing laptop. with you. I just wanted to shove that in your face. Anyway, that's my little Wish it was that one now. <laughs> yeah, literally, when you come over next time, I'll, I'll unhook it and you'll yeah, actually you, see Yeah, you the... can show me. I believe you, yeah, but I would yeah. love to see it. I just for thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I was like, what a uh, great coincidence. Anyway, this episode is yeah. brought to you by Mike. No, just kidding. Not but really. Microsoft, if you'd like to sponsor the Film Freaks and or Moon Knight, I mean, <clears throat> the Film Freaks you want at gmail.com. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so they're trying to scan the constellation um, for the location of Amit's tomb, but they can't because they realize, and this is something that brings out the astronomy nerd in me, stars shift over time. They do? Um, yeah, they do. Ah. Like, they had... They had to recall somehow uh, where those stars were located like 2,000 years ago when that map was written. Mm -hmm. And, of course, there's all uh, like kinds of astronomy stuff you can look up yourself. Um, redshift and blue shift is what comes to mind. Uh, the pushing away or uh, of... Or not really the pushing away. The movement of stars going away or closer to us. That's that's what that is. But yeah. They they realize they would have to uh figure out what the constellations looked like 2000 years ago. Probably not too much different, but Kanchu remembers what that night was. And so this is the big moment of this episode. 
he had already messed well, up alongside alongside the mm-hmm. the whole like shifting between Moon Knight and yeah. Mister Knight. This is like but, that that moment. Like, remember the episode when this is that moment. Yeah, this is probably. I would argue one of the biggest uh, parts of the plotline of this episode, where Khonshu has to make a sacrifice now. He, um, with the help of Stephen Grant as, uh, as Mr. Knight, shifts the sky back 2,000 years ago. It's insane. It's absolutely it insane. It is crazy. Because, oh my god, the the visual aspect of it, just, if you've ever seen, like, drone footage, uh, taking pictures of, like, a, a busy city at night, like a time lapse, just the trails of light, it's oh, like yeah. that across the entire sky for the moon, the stars, it is crazy. It's beautiful, too. <laughs> so, doing this, Khonshu has to make a sacrifice, you say, what is that sacrifice? Well, we already saw that he caused a solar eclipse earlier, um, appropriately moving the moon in front of the sun. Ha! Which is just, but you know, a clear symbol that the moon yeah. is better than the sun, but not yeah. really, but kind of. <laughs> but in this show, I prefer dark mode, is. anyways. Exactly, incognito mode. So, so oh, the, the dark theme. <laughs> yeah. So, so what is the sacrifice, though? The sacrifice is uh, because Kanchu is manipulating this guy again, the gods get back together and start performing their ritual to encase Kanchu in stone. Effectively and... taking him away from Mark and Steven. So that means there's no more exactly. suit, there's no nothing. There's no healing capability that they established quickly, but established that Moon Knight can heal. They can't do that anymore. There's no costume. Yeah. There's no healing ability. There's no Moon Knight. There's no more Mr. Knight. It's Stephen Grant and Mark Spector. And that's it. They are now entirely mortal. Yes. So I'm going to pick up where uh, you left off. By the way, the episode ending, I believe, with the quote, Everything I do, I owe to you. And that is Arthur saying that to Khonshu, Arthur starts picking up that, wait a minute, Khonshu is manipulating stuff. Because everybody can see that he's manipulating this guy. And he's interfering with mortal mortal stuff or whatever, so they think. Uh, it's also mentioned that Mark knows what happened to Layla's father and how he died. They kind of start a plot line like that, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like, hey, you know, a little bit of setup for, you know, later. What I will say is... The ending of this episode really left me on a on a uh, on a on a on a really good like little cliffhanger, I guess. Dare I say, they don't. Sh- so Mark slash Stephen blacks out, and we don't know who's gonna come back because Conchu has been removed. So does that mean that Stephen is the dominant personality now, and Mark is put back in the mirror dimension or whatever, like in the background, or does that mean that Stephen's in the background and Mark's still in control? We don't know. Because, you know, it's, it's just a really good question. He doesn't wake up. So, episode four, uh, and I'm going to kind of give you the spark notes of episode four. Because, yeah, for the time's sake as well. And also because there's a lot to talk about. Like, a lot. Alright? We should have probably done two different episodes, but we're doing it in one. Just to make sure, like I said at the beginning of the episode, we, we, we keep, like, track and, you know, we're caught up with everything. 
So, because next month is a very busy month for cinema. So, the last thing we want to do is get behind. Episode 4 starts with them, you know, kind of Layla making her escape from these, like, goons or whatever. And she does it really clever. There's an ammo box, and she has, like, a flare, like, a couple of flares from... She gets in a car because Steven's blacked out, or Mark, whoever it is, the Moon Knight body, so you will, if you will, has blacked out. So we don't know who's in control right now. So she makes her escape really clever. She throws a flare at this truck and it lands on this ammo box and you know that these goons are driving and it just kind of blows up the truck or like blows up the ammo in the truck or whatever. But I noticed there's a lot of gods that are in prison and, and not just Khonshu, but like you can actually see which gods it is. I don't know my Egyptian gods very well, but if you happen to know then definitely feel free to email us or contact us. Um, you'll hear that later in the episode, but definitely worth going back and kind of studying to see who in this canon is, you know, trapped. There is a lot of questions still. Um, the body of Stephen Grant is now awake, but we still don't know who's in control as Layla drives them to where that map you know, leads to the tomb of Ahmed. Well, as he, because he hasn't spoken yet, we don't know who's in control. Finally, he says something, and we realize, okay, so it is Mark. Mark is still in control. I believe it's Mark, isn't it? I think it is. And so, you know, it's still a lot of, like, hesitancy on Mark's part to let Steven in, and, you know, vice versa. But what we get is, well, actually... No, I'm sorry. It, it's Steven that's yeah. in control. Yeah, it's, I'm pretty it's sure Steven. it's Steven. It's Steven. Yeah. We get a really cool scene where, um, you know, they get to where they need to go. And Mark's, you know, talking to Steven like, hey, uh, you might want to let me have control back because there's no suit. There's no Moon Knight anymore. Moon Knight's gone. Mr. Knight's gone. The Conchu's gone. There's no healing ability. That's gone. Everything's gone. It's just you and me, buddy. And so they're they're looting this camp that they came across, and um, Lila and Stephen Grant, and Stephen's like, you know what? No, I've done this too. If you can run around and beat the snot out of bad guys, so can I. So, <laughs> muscle memory or whatever. He he makes a good argument. So, so Mark's like, well, if you touch, you know, he's like, well, also Lila's kind of, you know, she she's she's cool and she has my back, and 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 Mark's like, makes a offshoot comic like so you're my wife now and he goes you know what Steve, Mark if I need anything from you I know where to find you and he walks away and Mark's <laughs> like if you do anything to my wife I will throw us both off a cliff and so so, so they get done looting and they're they're you know Layla's kind of like I'm over I'm over Mark and you know he's just a jerk and he's so secretive and you know he's kind of toxic if we're being honest with each other so they're talking and she goes in to kiss Steven and Steven's like, by the way, Con Mark was afraid that Khonshu wants you as the new avatar. And it kind of, you know, like Khonshu wants to take Layla and make Layla the new like Moon Knight-esque character, if you will. So in, in case anything ever happened to Mark and or Steve, or well, Mark and Steve, Khonshu would go to Layla as the next avatar. Because she's very capable by herself. So it would make a little bit of sense i guess in some ways for Kanchu to take layla as the next avatar so she's like what wow why didn't you tell me this before and i guess he's like mark didn't want me to or something rather 
the fact of the matter is we get a kiss between Stephen Grant and Layla. Well, yep. Mark doesn't like that too much. So like we said earlier with Mark being able to influence Stephen in, in you know, small but intricate ways, he <laughs> he slugs Mark or he slugs Stephen across the face, right? He punches himself in the face. While Steven's in control, and Steven's like, ah, oh, man, that hurts. Yeah, so, I, I, I so, was, oh my god. And then he throws them down the hole that they're, that they're you know, climbing down, right? And so they have, like, the, the harnesses on and everything, and they're, they're kind of, like, grappling down. And so he just punches Steven in the face, and then he throws him off the cliff. <laughs> and Steven's yeah, okay, but... Steven's okay, but he's like, dang, dude, chill. <laughs> it's just... I am so confused because, because uh, like originally I thought only one person could be in control. They can't at, at the time. Yeah, that's but how it works. The fact that Mark was able to take control of, of uh, the body's hand and essentially punch Steve in the face, like it's how gotta, it has to account for something. I think it's just the energy, like he's like concentrated or something. It's a good question, but it's like an offshot moment. So it leaves a few questions and a few a room for a few more theories. So we can kind of see like, okay, well, you know, because, and, yeah. and to remind you, I believe it was episode one with the scarab when he was trying, when Steve was trying to hand Arthur the scarab, he kept moving his Ooh. hand. So, oh, so, okay. so it's yeah. kind of the same thing there. Um, so we get a lot of that. And then Khonshu, um, like I said, Khonshu leaving means there is no Moon Knight. And so it's really, really focused on that. So Mark's ticked, um, and they get into this maze area and there's like this mummy thing, right? And well, before that, there's like this maze. And so they draw the eye of Horus, which for those of you that don't know, look it up and you'll know exactly what we're talking about. It's like the eyeball thing with those weird fancy lines and that one spiral. Just look it up. It's, it's effective when you think like Egyptian hieroglyphics or like symbols or whatever. That's one of the first things that comes to mind is the eye of Horus. And it was really cool. Cause they're like, yeah, you know, it was like a little history moment. Yeah. It represents the five sentence, see, touch, hear, smell. And, uh, and what was the other one? See, hear, touch, smell and it's it's basically the uh taste five senses. yeah and taste so it's like the five senses so what happens is this mummy thing comes in they, they find this next room and the mummy comes in and i'm going through this really quick and you'll see why at the very end i promise uh, so they, this mummy thing comes in, it's chasing Layla, Layla takes it out, and Arthur's like, you know, our, our, they, they, they get split, right? They get separated. So Mark and Layla, or Mark and Steven get, or Layla and Steven get split there. I did it all by myself. See there, Matt? I did that all by myself. So they get split, and then Arthur, you know, comes in at the end, and he's like, oh yeah, Layla, we're in this room, and we're like... 50 feet apart but i'm gonna tell you that about your dad and Layla's like oh my goodness you knew about my dad and, and arthur's like yeah and i also know that when i read mark's scales that uh he knows about your dad or steven's scales was it i believe well he he read steven's scales back in like episode one right but he read i guess mark somehow something like that so anyway, another thing where it's like, when did he read Mark's skills? But that's not the big purpose, focus of this episode. The big focus yeah. of the episode comes when they find Alexander the Great's 
body is in a sarcophagus as if he was a pharaoh. And they're like, oh, this is interesting. Well, we need to find Ahmed. And so Ahmed's like in the stone thing, right? Trapped like how Khonshu is. Well, Alexander the Great, the Great, okay? Mind you, Alexander the Great, okay? Implying that he did a lot of great things was the voice of Ahmed. Which is like, huh. So... That actually does bring a question to my mind. Yeah. Who originally was the first Avatar of Ahmed? That's a good question. And if I was a Moon Knight expert, like I am with Batman, I could tell you. But unfortunately for us, I am not. You tell me <laughs> in, a, in a couple years when you start reading Moon Knight. So, <laughs> the the reason I ask is because when that uh, cane was revealed by Arthur to be a gift uh, to Ahmet's first avatar, and then we come to this episode finding out that supposedly Alexander the Great was the voice of Ahmet. Actually, you know what? I bet you Arthur's going to become the avatar of Ahmet. Mm, yeah, probably. Because he's like servant. I mean... Yeah, he's he's doing all this stuff to find uh, to find Amit and break her th- her free. By the way, have you noticed that on his cane, he it kind of looks like the top of the scales. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Yeah, but, the crocodile head. Yeah, crocodile head scales. Took me a minute, but I remember now what you said. Okay, so getting back to it, uh, I'm right again. I'm racing through this, but you guys, are, I promise, it's worth it in the end. Just just bear with me. So Arthur's like taunting Layla and he's like, yeah, Mark killed your dad. And yeah, I know all about that, buddy. And so meanwhile, they shift over really cool clip over to, um, you know, cut to where they, they show Layla and then they cut to, to, to Steven. It's really cool because their faces are in kind of like the same position or everything, everything, whatever. So Steven unveils Alexander the Great's sarcophagus and by that i mean he, he moves the shifts the top over you know he opens it up he reaches down alexander the great's throat why you might ask because he was the voice of Amit. so where else would they put Amit? but maybe in, in the, the voice part so in the or throat of alexander course. the great kind of gross but okay is Amit. so Amit has been found unfortunately layla has a few things to take over to, to, to take on to deal with with Mark. So she like pushes Mark and Steven gives or no pushes Steven because she's like, what did you do to my dad? And it's briefly explained after they shift that um, by Mark, because Steven and Mark, they shift. So now Mark is in control that uh, Mark's partner went on a killing spree and killed her dad or whatever. It's not too important. But I mean, it's it's a side quest. I, I mean, think it's, it's a just... big moment still because the, it's the entire thing that brought Mark and Layla together. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's explained like that, but it, the, I think the whole how do I put it? I feel like it's shoehorned in terms of a side plot. But effectively, he was sent on like a mission or whatever, and his partner turned and Layla's father happened to be there. And when the partner turned, he killed everybody. He even shot Mark a couple times. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. 
uh, yeah. and things like that. And so now they're brought together. So Layla's pretty ticked and yada yada. So <laughs> I promise it's going to matter in a minute. Just just wait. Right. It's, it's coming, right? Here it is, okay? Here, here's what happens. Mark is like, hey, we got to go. So he gives Layla Ahmed. Layla leaves. He goes, Layla, I'll catch up with you. Just get out of here. So Mark grabs an axe that was buried with Alexander the Great, and he's like, all right, I'm going to go to town on these boys. Arthur confronts him like, all right, well, look, there's no Conchu left. I know Conchu's gone. You have a very important choice to make. So please, by all means, take a moment and kind of meditate. Which choice do I want to go? And the choice is effectively, do I want to join Arthur or do I want to just get myself killed like an idiot? Well, he decides to choose the latter. He is going to get himself killed like an idiot. So he fights off Arthur by killing like six of his guys, like five of his guys in like like three seconds, not even. And Arthur's like, you've made your choice. He pulls out a gun and he shoots Mark Spector in the chest, like right in the heart. And Mark's like, oh my gosh, you know, usually I'm able to, where, where Mark's able to usually turn into Moon Knight and channel the, the suit, he can't. So he's effectively succumbing to his injury. And Arthur shoots him again. And the whole time we're seeing Layla like, oh my gosh, he's killed Mark Spector. He's killed Stephen, he's killed Moon Knight. Where is this going? Why have I been rushing through this whole episode? Because Matt and listener... This is where things start to get really interesting. It was at this moment that Maddie G decided, I need to ask Derek for this comic. Because, folks, Mark Spector this entire time, throughout all four of these episodes, has been nothing but an institutionalized patient in an asylum. He has been... This entire time, watching a movie where the character's name is Stephen Grant. His boss, his former boss Donna, is a patient. Layla is a doctor, is a nurse. Or actually, no, she's a patient too. The cops are doctors. And the cherry on top is, guess who his therapist is? Arthur, Arthur Harrow. Arthur freaking Harrow. So, <laughs> it's it's to the point now where he's as shocked as we are. So, what ends up going on is Arthur is like sitting down with Mark Spector, and the fi- he's holding this figure. Um, Mark and, and it's like a, a the Moon Knight figure. It's effectively a Moon Knight action figure, right? It's really cool. I would want to put that in my room, honestly, if I had that. But the fact of the matter is, okay, it's a really cool scene because similar to the six one six or um not six one six, similar to the all new all different Marvel type of storyline, which I would go on to argue is probably his most popular storyline in the character's history. Okay? You're actually given elements here. Now, what I mean by that is the cane. Arthur Harrow has a cane in 
what I'm going to call the asylum reality, okay, the real world, okay, is the asylum. So he looks at Arthur, he says, you shot me. And he's like, really trying to figure this out. Matt, I'll let you take it away from here, because I know you enjoyed this part. You, so, so let me just say this. You see the slippers that Arthur walks in with the glass, like an absolute wacko. I'm still not over that, okay? Even from episode one, okay? This guy is nuts. If you go to tell me this man walks on glass nonchalantly, you got another thing coming. But he sees the sandals are on somebody else. The cane is Arthur's. And what else? There's something else. I, I, I uh, for, like this moment was so shocking, but like everything's just, just a lot to take in. Yeah. Everything's just off, you know? And yeah. He's like, I'm, I'm confused. Cause like, is that actually the real world? Well, here's kind or, of where I'm going to, here's where I'm going to kind of spoil the comic. So it's like, for those of you that don't know, and this is only issue one, so it's not too big of a spoiler, but I would encourage you to skip ahead and, or listen at your own risk. Um, skip ahead a minute. So, all right. So here, here's what happens for those of you that listen. Um, what happens is in the comic, it's established that he is an, a lunatic, but every time he puts on this makeshift mask that he made, the Moon Knight mask, like it looks like a, like a Mr. Knight mask he sees everything the way it's supposed to be like the reality. Right. So it's effectively like he sees like a dream. Like he, he see. So in the comic, New York is covered in sand. And so what happens is like when he puts the mask on, he can see New York's covered in sand and everything, but when he takes it off. He can't, that's effectively the spoiler. All right. So now that that's out of the way, um, you know, he sees things that aren't there to the naked eye when he has the mask on, but when he takes it off, he's just like, you and me, you can't see whatever, you know, entities or whatever. So he's flipping out. Okay. He's been cuffed to a wheelchair and wheeled around and he's, he was, he was put on like sedatives and stuff. So it, it's established that like, not everything is as it seems because he escapes this office by smashing a hole on, uh, you know, in a window of a door, unlocking the door, and he starts running, right? And the doctors grab him, and he escapes them, and he starts booking it. He gets to this hallway, and there's a room where there's a sarcophagus. There's actually a couple, a few, and this is where I think, Matt, it. This is kind of where the the where the patients are effectively kept. Like this is where they sleep. Or maybe where they're brought in after they're sedated. Like, they're sedated, they're brought here. Because if they know where they are, and it's not a dis- you know an undisclosed location, then, or a, no, it's disclosed. If it's not a, if it's an undisclosed location, meaning that people, I think I'm getting it wrong. Okay, let's put it this way. If people know where they're at, they know how to get out. If they don't know where they're at, they don't know how to get out. It's like me kidnapping you and putting a and, and having giving you the purpose the purpose of me putting a hood over you when I if I kidnapped you would be so that you don't see where we're going, if that makes any sense. In the same way, I think that's what's going on here. They're sedated and then they're mummified or like, you know, treated as if they're being mummified. They're just wrapped in the or no. They're sedated and then they're put in these sarcophagus and then they're brought there and they wake up and they're out of the sarcophagus and they don't know what happened. So Mark goes over, he 
uncovers the one sarcophagus, he takes the lid off, and it's Stephen Grant. So Mark and Stephen Grant, or Mark Spector and Stephen Grant are now two individual people. And there's a third sarcophagus there. And my theory, Matt, is that's Conchu. And the reason I think that's Conchu is because Stephen Grant, Mark Spector, and Conchu are three sides of the same, uh, you know, individual. So that has to be Conchu. If it's not Conchu, then it's got to be something else. But it's, it's, I don't see why it wouldn't be Conchu. Um, the, and I don't really have anything else to go on. So I'm kind of just going along with your theory there. Well, you saw the episode, right? Yeah, I saw the episode okay, as well, say. but like, I don't know what else that third sarcophagus could be. I mean, it's like there and it's just really like, it's like somebody who's really desperately trying to get out of it. Yeah. And so I'm wondering, it could be Amit or it could be Khonshu. I think there there's a god like, in it. There could be like detail on the sarcophagus that if you look a little yeah, closer, you but it's might like, be able to figure it out. It's like really red though too, whereas Stevens was green. So I'm wondering, it's kind of like opposite colors, like opposing colors, if you will. Like yeah. green means go and red means stop. And so it's like, okay, I don't know. Maybe that just means, I mean, I think that's just going a little too far, but you know what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah. The episode ends. <laughs> the episode ends. Stephen, with, Stephen Mark. With yeah. Stephen Mark. And Mark's like, we got to get the heck out of here. Steve's like, all right, let's go. And Mark's leading the way. And suddenly what comes through this door, but big silhouette. Oh, it's approaching. Oh, it's going to be dangerous. Opens the door. A Hi. big hippo thing walking on just... <laughs> two feet on two, two, two feet. Yeah. Walking on two feet. Stands there staring awkwardly at them, waves and says, hi. In the most <laughs> calmly, soft, adorable way possible. I would give the hippo a hug if I wasn't in an asylum. So that's the end of the episode. Now, where I'm going with this is I think that effectively what's going to have to happen is this is kind of we've reached the climax of the show okay everything that's happened up to this point has happened okay but i'm trying to what i'm trying what i guess where i'm at and, and again we have two more episodes so the next episode that you guys will hear is will be the final episode on moon Knight. it's going to be very similar to this um Except we're not going to be rushing as much. We wanted I wanted to rush to this part because this is the really like the big what the heck moment, you know. And so I, I'm wondering, Matt, what are you going to take from like what are you taking from this? This has it has to mean something. Well, yeah, obviously there's some weird stuff going on. Like, why? What are they doing in an asylum? How come Stephen and uh, Mark are now in the same world together after? Uh, after Mark got shot in supposedly, um, what was it, the pyramid or whatever, or whatever that tomb is actually. Yeah, yeah, Amit. yeah. The tomb, I think. Yeah, Alexander the Great's. Um, body yeah, is Alexander yeah, it, the it's Great. Hidden. It's hidden, but Amit, yeah. Amit was in prison with Alexander the Great, apparently. Uh, but the biggest thing. Why is there a big walking, talking hippo? Essentially, <laughs> a god. Because like, like you, a god, you know it's it? a god. Do you? Do you though? Yes. Because it, it's got the Egyptian adornment, and uh, Egyptian gods and goddesses are often depicted that, as animals. Is that the love god? 
That's what I was going to say earlier. I think that, it's Hawthorne. Is that what that girl was like? Hey, uh, yeah, yeah. I bet you that's that because I, I think that she knows who Mark is. <laughs> so so yeah. I'm wondering if she's like, oh, Kanchi must be with you. Hi. Earlier when it, when I said I have a theory, um, that's what I was referring to. I think that's Hawthorne. Yeah. I, I You know what? I bet you it is. I, if I was a betting man, I'd put money on it. Only for the specific reasoning that... It, it just makes sense. It it just... It makes so much sense. But, but yeah, because, like, why else would that uh, that girl say, I am the Avatar of Hathor? Can't um, you liked my stuff? But this is what, what really intrigues me, okay? So, is this an alternate reality? Is this the real world? Is this what happened when they freed Amit? Because maybe I... they caught Layla? And, and, you know, like... Because Arthur knows... Steven and he's like, and it's almost as if this has happened multiple times, okay? And, and so it's kind of like I don't want to spoil another story here, but for those of you that are into comics, it's similar to Batman Last Night on Earth in the sense that they're they're sitting out with Bruce Wayne and you know in this institution in Arkham, and Bruce Wayne's like an Arkham patient, and they're like, we've heard it all before, we've heard that. You're Batman, you fought the Penguin, you fought the Riddler. We've heard it all before. We've heard it so many times. You know, and so that's kind of where I'm at here in Moon Knight is it's like, has Arthur, like, gone through this with Mark? and Or, like, are they being sedated when it, you know, when they're not needed? And so they're sedated until it's time for their appointments with Arthur? Like, how is this working? What reality is this where these gods are now just walking around without an avatar? What is like what what's going on? And so that's kind of, I think, the question here. I think everything that's happened that we've seen so far, aside from the asylum, is effectively canon in terms of a reality. But then again, there's also evidence to support that everything that's happened up to this point has been. Stephen Grant or Mark Spector's imagination. But again, the issue of the matter is Mark and Stephen are now two different people, two different beings. They can see each other. They can touch each other. It's just, it's interesting. And so I'm, I guess I'm wondering there, but do you have anything else you wanted to add? I mean, I'm still unsure which, um which world is the real one but the immediate thing that i thought upon seeing the therapy session with arthur was that they're both in the mirror room as i called it before because in that scene with arthur um where you know the the whole therapy session mark looked over to this mirror right mhm and you could see the other Arthur, like with the glass slip or uh, the glass feet slippers. Wait. No. Okay, I think I figured it out then. I bet you, Maddie G, that the body is gone, and but they're in the spirit world. But they're in they're in that mirror dimension. That's what that is. I that's what I'm bet thinking. you. Because here's the thing, if Kanchi comes back, he can heal Mark. But is the body gone? 
or what you know what I mean? Because, but it can't be though. It, it's it's really like hard. we'll see. It, it's a loose theory. I was gonna say I already know one of the spoilers, so I can't really. So it really screws up. But I I'm and I only know it because I was flipping through Instagram and I saw like a poster, um, which is so annoying. But I'm I'm yeah. wondering. I don't think the body's dead, but we'll, we'll see how this goes. But again, I think that it is Khonshu and that sarcophagus. So, but we'll see what happens. All right, so that's going to do it for this episode of The Film Freaks. Thank you all once again for joining us. And yeah, Maddie G, do you want to plug yourself for uh, anything? I, th- I know you, you keep mentioning Event Horizon. Yeah. Yeah, firstly, uh, the Event Horizon YouTube channel, it is very close to completion. I'm just waiting in on my laptop to come in so I can start recording and uploading content as well as finishing all the art. I will also be using that exact laptop to be finishing the Twitter banner art. Oh yes, my goodness. we have a Twitter now. That was a it is... flaming segue right there. That was mad <laughs> yep, smooth. It is filmfreaks underscore pod. That is filmfreaks underscore pod. Because some some people took filmfreaks pod. Yeah. Screw you guys over there that took filmfreaks pod. So yes, <laughs> yeah. like he said, we do have a Twitter now. Filmfreaks underscore pod. And... Yeah, that's that's going to be that. Now, it is subject to change, but for right now, and we will announce when it, if it if and or when it does, um, we're trying to find a way to match all our media accounts under the same handle. So bear with us. But right now, you can go and find it at, as of the recording of this episode. It is filmfreaks underscore pod. So, and you are in charge of that, are you not, Maddie G? I am. Yes, so you can go ahead and harass Maddie G all you want, folks. It's not my problem anymore. I'm just playing. You can also reach us on Instagram at Film Freaks Pod. Once again, that's at Film Freaks Pod. We also are very excited to announce that we have a TikTok. Now, I don't like TikTok very much, but... I hear it's what all the kids are doing, Maddie G. So I decided, in my infinite wisdom, let's make a TikTok. So if you want to go and see some promos for our episodes, you can go to Film Freaks Pod on TikTok. Once again, it's Film Freaks Pod on TikTok. And if you really want to go the extra mile, you can email us in at thefilmfreaks01 at gmail.com once again that's thefilmfreaks01 at gmail.com if you'd like to get into contact with us those are the ways to do it so once again we want to thank you all very much for telling your friends about your favorite film podcast by far your favorite film podcast okay we know and that's okay alright you don't have to admit it or tell us we already know yeah (laughs) Save you the trouble. So, what are we covering next week? We are covering the finale of Moon Knight, episodes 5 and 6. Yes. So, we are going to figure out what is going on with that sarcophagus, why we're in this mirror dimension, and for the love of all that is good in this world, what is up with that stupid hippo? Okay? What is up with the darn hippo? 
What? Sweetheart, come on. Okay. Yeah, no, that hip that hippo is actually kind of adorable. I think. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I don't know. That that hippo is kind of cute. I would definitely give the hippo a hug. I can't say her or him, so I will say I will give the hippo a hug. But yeah, just don't walk up on me in the street, hippo. I might get the wrong idea. Anyway. <laughs> I think people might get the wrong idea. I think you're turning into a furry. Okay, well, that's been this episode of The <laughs> Film Freaks. If you enjoyed, you can go feck yourself. All right, folks, so that'll do it for this episode. Tune in next week where we will be covering the Moon Knight finale. And then it will be time for Kenobi by that, uh, by the time we get to the episode after next. So... On the 6th of whatever next month is, June, right? June? Yeah. On yep. the 6th of June, we'll start a coverage of Kenobi. So stay tuned, folks. Kenobi is priority. All right? What is Obi-Wan up to? What do you think? Probably chilling with his probably, mates. Probably just, yeah, chilling on with his mates. In a beach chair with a nice cold lemonade and an umbrella. Yeah, that's good. It is Slim Trunks. Yeah. Probably some... meeting up with uh, his friend, the Mandalorian, going yeah. for a dip in the pool. And some sunglasses. No, no, he can't be interacting with the Mandalorian, can he? Eh, maybe not. No, no, because no, it's a different timeline. Maddie G, you nerd. This is what? between episodes what? three and four. There's probably time you travel somewhere. Idiot. <laughs> you absolute <laughs> moron. <laughs> I'm just playing. All right, this episode's gone on long enough. I'm going to put you guys out of your misery. If you guys didn't get that Nick Cage reference, I am disappointed in you. Wait, what? What, what I was just talking about? Kenobi? Oh, you Mandalorian. <sighs> After cool. all this time... Are we get a movie together? You know what, man? I need to go see that movie again. I want to go see Nick Cage again. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode. We'll catch you guys in the next episode. Stay tuned. Moon Knight finale. Coming next Monday. Peace. Don't go crazy now.